Welcome to Empowered Radio. I am your host, Emma Montgomery, an online nutrition and fitness coach and creator of Shred Within. Each week, we'll talk all things nutrition, training, and mindset. You'll be able to take my tips and strategies and apply what you learn to see results with both your body and your mind. So without further ado, let's jump into the episode. This episode of Empowered Radio is brought to you by Spring. Spring is a platform that I use to run all of my programs and is perfect for any coach looking to have their own fitness app. Use code EMMA250 for $250 off your own app or schedule a demo with their team at springapp.com. That's S-P-R-N-G-A-P-P.com. Hey, you guys, what is up and welcome back. I wanted to open today's episode with a review that was left on iTunes. It is from Maria underscore Bantz, and she said, there is so much information out there about macros, and it's hard sometimes to differentiate what's important, what's not, and what to focus on. This podcast provides the things a beginner needs to know about macros each week in 15 minutes or less. Perfect for somebody who is beginning their macro journey. So Maria, thank you for the amazing review. If you will email macroswithm at yahoo.com, I'm going to get an empowered tank sent out to you. And going forward each week, I'm going to be picking a review of the week, reading it on the show, and sending out some empowered swag. So um, if you haven't left a review and you want to, please do so. And for those of you that have, I appreciate you. I know I mentioned last week how um, the ratings and the reviews and sharing with your friends on social media is truly how um, the podcast grows and helps me get into the ears of more listeners. So thank you guys for doing that. And now on to the episode for today, we are going to talk about um, some nutrition myths and we're going to debunk, I believe I've got seven here. Um, Yep, there's seven. So The first one we are going to talk about is um, around meal timing, and it's specifically eating in the evening. So um, the myth is eating in the evening, typically after 7 to 9 p.m., will cause you to gain weight or your body will store that food as fat if you go to sleep on it. So the first thing to remember here is your food does not change its calorie makeup after a certain time. Your 200-calorie yogurt bowl at 12 p.m. is going to be 200 calories at 9 p.m. The only way that you will gain fat is by eating in a calorie surplus. So a calorie surplus is when you're taking in more calories daily than you're burning. So now if eating after 9 p.m. is putting you over your allotted calories for the day and into a calorie surplus, and let's say this is something that you're doing quite frequently, then yeah, you're likely going to gain weight. But it's not because of the timing of your food. It's because you're eating in a calorie surplus. So a side note to this is if you are somebody who tends to overeat um, or binge or graze, if you eat your last meal at like nine o'clock or your last snack, then I would suggest either moving that up or possibly having a cutoff time for the kitchen. Um, and you might have to say, okay, the kitchen is off limits at 8 p.m. or you know something like that. 
Um, because there are people who get snacky in the nighttime when you're less busy and you're just kind of sitting around. And if you find that you are one of those people, I suggest putting a, um, a cutoff time on the kitchen. <laughs> and that should be helpful. Myth number two is eating several small meals during the day burns more calories and increases your metabolism. Um, so now this one again goes back to calorie balance throughout the day. Remember, it doesn't matter how many meals you eat or really when you eat them, as long as you're adhering to your calorie budget for the day and even for the week. Um, some people prefer several small meals. You might find that your digestion is improved by eating that way. Um, where there are some people who prefer larger meals, like maybe three a day. Now, I will say studies have shown um, actually that people who ate six meals per day wanted to eat more because they weren't fully satisfied. And I believe that because I used to be one of those people. So I used to eat um, several small meals or like three small actual meals and then snacks in between those um, per day. And it's because of this myth. Like I thought that's how I was supposed to eat. Um, and I will say that I was hungry all the time. I constantly thought about food, was very hyper food focused and always wanted to know when my next meal was because I was never satiated after I ate. Um, my meals might've been like 200 ish calories each, or maybe like, maybe 300 would have been high, um, for one of my meals. And then like, I would have a hundred calorie snack like here and there. Um, so again, I found by moving to, four meals a day and they're much larger meals that I am not nearly or really food focused at all and I perform better and I am satiated after I eat. So I'm not just sitting around thinking like, oh my God, I need something else or when's my next meal? I'm starved to death still. Um, so if you find yourself in the camp of eating all these small meals and you're hungry all the time, I suggest trying out three to four larger meals and see if that works better for you. Um, in terms of your satiety and food focus, I guarantee that will help you. Now, if you're somebody that's thinking, so how many meals should I be eating? Is there a perfect meal frequency? No, it's very individualized. Um, again, just know that the studies have shown that it will not increase your metabolic rate to eat smaller meals more frequently. But if you enjoy eating that way and having small meals and snacks throughout the day, then keep that up especially if it's something you can adhere to. Um, but it is common for people to overeat from not being satiated um, from their previous meal. And it's also common to lose track of what they ate and not log or account for that food because they're eating so many little like handful of things here and there. It gets hard to track and they forget and then they'll inadvertently overeat without realizing it. So just a couple of um, things to keep in mind if you are somebody who finds that you eat several small meals. Number three is um, a very trendy topic, and it's intermittent fasting is necessary or superior for fat loss. I get asked about intermittent fasting all the time, and I think it's just because people don't understand um, what it is. And it really just knowing that it's it's simply an eating window. It is not a diet itself. So you can intermittent fast doing keto. You can intermittent fast counting macros. You can intermittent fast doing paleo. 
Um, intermittent fasting is simply a eating window. So basically you're giving yourself a time frame when you're allowed to eat and when you're not allowed to eat. Um, the most popular eating window is a 16-8 plan. So that's where you fast for 16 hours. I know that sounds really scary, but part of that is going to be while you're asleep. Um, and then you consume your calories during the other eight hours. Now, where this does have weight loss benefits and where you'll hear people say that they lost weight from intermittent fasting, especially if they were people that were not tracking their calories, this likely comes from the fact that they removed their breakfast and never replaced it or ate those calories throughout the day. So they've inadvertently ate less overall by intermittent fasting and not starting their first meal until 12 or 1. So if their breakfast was normally three or 400 calories and then they totally cut that out and then they just have lunch and dinner and maybe a snack and they never replace those breakfast calories, they've put themselves in a three, 400 calorie deficit inadvertently without knowing, but that is how they lost weight is because they induced a calorie deficit by removing breakfast and not replacing it. Now, with that said, there are tons of benefits from intermittent fasting, um, things like supporting the body's circadian rhythm. So that's the body's internal clock. Um, studies have shown it improves uh, things like inflammation, insulin resistance, high blood pressure. And I've heard a lot of people say that it improves their mental clarity and focus in the mornings. However, if you are someone who has had an eating disorder or some form of disordered eating, this can be a huge trigger simply because you're telling yourself you can't have food until a certain time or after a certain time. So for some people, this can lead to, um, you know, getting really hungry. And then by the time you're quote unquote allowed to eat, you end up binging or overeating because you allowed yourself to get too hungry and you were restricting food. Um, even though, again, if you're doing this counting macros and there's no food that's off limits, you're still putting restrictions on food by telling yourself when you're allowed to eat them and when you're not. So I personally do not intermittent fast. Um, I'm not saying it's great, go do it. I'm not saying it's bad, don't do it. What I'm saying is I'm trying to be very neutral on it um, and just give you the pros and cons, but I do highly suggest if you're someone who um, has had an eating disorder that you do not, I, I don't recommend intermittent fasting for you. Now, uh, keep in mind that intermittent fasting is not necessary for fat loss. A calorie deficit is what you need for fat loss or for weight loss. Um, and you can be in a calorie deficit without having an eating window. However, if pushing your first meal off until later in the day and having that designated eating window helps you adhere to a calorie deficit, go for it. If you're someone who is at maintenance or reverse dieting to maintenance, you might find that um, you get digestive stress in having to cram more calories in a shorter time frame. So again, if it doesn't work for you to intermittent fast, then don't do it. But if it keeps you on plan and adhering to your calorie deficit and you feel better and there's the mental clarity and there's other reasons that you're doing it, keep it up. Nothing wrong with it. But just know that you do not have to do it to lose weight. Number four, the myth is 
fasted cardio or fasted training is superior for fat loss because you burn stored fat. So studies have shown that fasted cardio did not help people lose more weight, nor does it improve their aerobic conditioning during their cardio sessions. So if you're somebody who prefers to not eat before you train or do cardio, totally fine. You do you, keep doing that. But if you're somebody who does prefer to eat and you're not eating before you weight train or do cardio because you think it's going to give you an edge on fat loss or quicker results, and again, you would prefer to eat before, go ahead and eat before, especially if it's going to help your performance. So um, again, fasted cardio and fasted training, there is no studies have shown that they do anything to help burn stored fat, um, help people lose weight quicker or anything like that. So if you're somebody who prefers food before training or running or any kind of cardio, eat. Number five is carbs make you gain weight. Um, I feel like I'm beating a dead horse here, (laughs) but if you guys take anything away from today's episode, just understand that weight loss is dictated by energy balance So calories in versus calories out. Yeah, there are other factors like stress and sleep and hormones that are going to affect your calorie balance. But at the end of the day, the only way you're going to gain weight is by eating more calories than you burn. So the myth that carbs make you gain weight, it really stems from um, carbs just getting a bad rap because they're in most foods that people tend to overeat on. So think about things like sweets and pastas and breads, candy. It's not the fact that you're eating carbs that is making you gain weight. It's the fact that you're eating more calories than you're burning. So I also think it's important to understand that carbs are not just in bread and pasta and sweets and junk food. Things like fruit, vegetables, rice, oats, sweet potatoes, rice cakes, Those are all carbs and they're all, I'm doing the air quotes, healthy foods. So just understanding that um, carbs are not the enemy. They're the body's preferred energy source. They help fuel your brain and central nervous system. And eliminating or cutting carbs really low is just not necessary for fat loss. Eating in a calorie deficit is. I think it's also helpful to know that, you know, the junk food that I was referring to earlier and highly processed foods, they're engineered to taste good and to make you want to overeat on those. So they're also typically less filling and less satiating than whole foods. So again, it's way easier to overeat on those things and cause weight gain and make you want to blame carbs and then eliminate those from your diet. So again, not necessary to cut carbs. Um, a calorie deficit is what's needed for weight loss. It's, it's not the carbs that are making you gain weight. It's the fact that you're eating more calories than you're burning. Number six, um, the myth is sodium is bad for you or hinders weight loss. If I had a dollar for every time somebody asked me about how much sodium that they should eat, how much I eat, if I tracked sodium, I would be loaded. I get this question at least once a day. On social media, I I hear this all of the time. And honestly, sodium is not bad for you. Sodium is an electrolyte. It's a mineral. 
Um, it's essential for maintaining things like blood pressure, the function of your muscle and nerve cells, maintaining intra and extracellular fluid balance. It helps with performance, weight training, um, muscle cramping. So if you're somebody who eats really low sodium and you watch your sodium all the time and you keep it really low and then you have you know a cheat meal or you eat out and you have a really high sodium day and you see the scale go up, first understand that is water weight, not fat gain. So you didn't gain fat, you gained water and it's because you took in a lot of sodium so sodium is going to pull water in. Now, if you're somebody who eats, you know, a moderate amount of sodium or higher sodium anyways, then your body will adapt to that really quickly. And you'll notice that you probably don't see near as many fluctuations if you have like a higher sodium day. Um, But when you swing from like one extreme to the other, you're going to see the scale go up because it's going to pull water in. That'll flush out after a couple days. So don't freak out and just remember that it is water retention, not fat gain. The only way, again, that you're going to gain fat is by eating in a calorie surplus. And then um, I just want to touch on this too because people get so worried about sodium. There are so many things. If you are somebody that's working towards weight loss, there's a dozen things that you should be worried about before stressing over your sodium. The first being that you're adhering to a calorie deficit, um, that you're getting adequate protein intake, that your food quality is good, that you're getting enough water in, that sleep is good, stress is low, you're getting daily movement in, weight training. So there's a ton of things that should come before wondering if your sodium intake is too high. Unless you have a health condition like high blood pressure, heart disease, or your doctor has recommended that you watch your sodium intake, I would not stress over it. Um, If you're eating the majority of your diet is, you know, whole foods, following the 80-20 rule is what I suggest, and eating, you know, minimal prepackaged processed foods, then your sodium intake really shouldn't be an issue anyways. All right, and number seven, the myth is cheat meals will spark your metabolism. So the reason I put this on here is because I actually saw – I would consider her a fitness influencer. She's got over a million uh, followers on Instagram and she has coaches that work under her. And I saw her share in her stories how one of her coaches had um, had a really great post on how cheat meals can boost your performance or something like that. And the first thing I want to get clear, because I think that can be very misleading to people. Um, the first thing I want you guys to understand is that a cheat meal is not the same thing as a refeed. And so while both can help with mental relief from dieting, a cheat meal, in my opinion, can do more harm than good. So cheat meals are uncontrolled influxes in calories. It's a a relaxed day where you're not tracking your food. um, And this makes it very easy to go overboard and possibly eat into a calorie surplus. And they also are more likely to spark like binges and create unhealthy relationships with food. I know personally, I have um, struggled with that years ago when I used to do cheat meals, when I followed like (laughs) a meal plan. God, that feels like forever ago. Um, Do not get me started. But 
they it makes it very hard to collect or analyze any kind of data from it because you're not tracking anything. So you don't know how many calories, you know, you went over if it was a lot of carbs or a lot of fat or there's nothing to analyze. Now, refeeds, on the other hand, are structured. They are controlled um, calorie increases to your presumed maintenance calories. So you have parameters to work within and it's primarily to carbohydrates. So obviously it offers an easier way to collect and analyze data from it. Um, refeeds can be anywhere from one to three days. And honestly, the main purpose is psychological. Um, so we're really just giving you a day to eat more, have some stress relief, replenish muscle glycogen. You know, it gets you out of a deficit for anywhere from one to three days and will likely boost your training performance during that time frame and reduce stress. So um, the key thing to know is refeeds are not magic. They will not keep metabolic adaptation from occurring. I know some people think that, that if they implement refeeds that, um, oh, you know, I won't have, um, it, you know, I won't damage my metabolism from dieting or, or whatever. But honestly, you guys, and I know I've said this before, when you lose weight, you're smaller, you weigh less, and a smaller body requires less calories to support it. So metabolic adaptation is just part of the dieting process. So again, a refeed isn't magic, but they are a good idea when dieting. Um, again, more psychological than anything, but they are a much better idea than a cheat meal if you're wanting optimal results and something that you can track. So that is all I have on the nutrition myths. Um, I hope those are helpful for you guys. Again, I appreciate everyone for tuning in and taking time out of your day um, to listen to me rant on here. And if you did find value in the episode, as always, you know, share it on your social media, tag me so I can say thank you. Um, I'm happy to answer any questions on social media as well. But that is all I have for you. And I will talk to you guys in the next episode. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Empowered Radio. If you enjoyed the episode or found value in it, could you do me two quick favors? One, take a screenshot and post it to your social media and tag me in it so I can say thanks. And two, could you subscribe to the podcast and leave a five-star rating and review in iTunes? It would mean the world to me. Thanks again for tuning in and we'll see you in the next episode.